see. And this is my sixth episode. And it's been a while since I did one because I got COVID. <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's not because it's funny. But because I was pretty diligent about my practices, even though I took some risks here and there, but even they were very calculated and um, carefully, and I was carefully protected. But then COVID hit my family and I didn't even know it was COVID until I was in Florida. And it spiraled out of control for me emotionally because I discovered it when I was there and my first test before I got to see my, my mom and my sister and my niece, which is the reason I, I flew there after a year and a half of never being on a plane, um, was negative. So... I was like, okay, so I have allergies. I'll take some Claritin and Benadryl at night and I'll be fine. And then I saw my mom <laughs> because I thought that I was fine. And uh, 24 hours later, I pretty much um, got really worse and retested and ended up booking the first place I could find as far away from my mom as possible and lock myself in a room for seven nights. Um, and it made me think a lot. There's this thing that nobody talks about much, or it does and people don't really read into, that the symptoms that can come with covid could also bring up hallucinations, nightmares, and some sort of depression. And it hit me really bad being in a closed room in a different state, not knowing how my family will be, how my mom is, if I infected her, how I'm going to be by myself. If something happens, who do I reach out to? Nobody's close by. And it was quite scary. And I was very weak and alone. And sometimes when you're in your loneliness and going through something like that, especially when your mind is very foggy, a lot of things come into your um, subconscious and then conscious and they're not necessarily the truth and sometimes they're just amplified feelings and I had a few days of uh, very rough emotional struggle as much as the physical one and a lot of guilt so much guilt even though I had no control of the situation and I had no intention of harming anyone and I've kept 
far away from people a week prior to traveling for that exact reason, but it still came into my house, I, I was filled with guilt. And I can tell you that it's definitely not helpful to feel guilty and scared and alone fighting anything, any physical ailment. Um, so with everything that happened, another struggle came about and it was expectations. Now, I am a person that when I care for someone and I love someone in my life, whether we're close or, or not, if something happens to them, I'll, I'll be there. Whether it's physically, whether it's sending someone something, just inquiring how they're doing in any way that is possible within my availability, my abilities, capabilities, life, situation, and, and such, and distance. And I have to say that I was showered with love from the people I work with and love, and even my family, even though they were at risk, and neighbors back home checking in on my kids that it was really heartwarming and I felt surrounded with love and I also encountered situations where people that I was not very close to but physically in proximity to who knew that I'm there got out of their way to um, shower with me kindness care packages drop off to the hotel and uh, and really a lot of of just checking in and and thinking of me and putting that energy which made a huge difference when you're in a situation like this and you're you're very scared and by yourself and kind of helpless and I'm normally not helpless person And I normally actually disconnect from the world when I don't feel well or something happens to me. I just just completely disconnect and take care of myself in the way that works for me. Because one of the things that I'm not comfortable with is is being a burden on, on anyone. Not just physically, but also in a mental capacity. I don't feel comfortable when other people worry about me or for me. It just, it never sits well. And I don't, I don't know why, because I'm constantly worried and um, care about other people. And it's natural. I mean, you want to be able to, right? Um, but in this scenario, because it hit in so many different places, back home in Florida, my mom and being the fact that I'm not with my family to take care of them or be next to them and the unknown of all of this 
with all the anxiety and the stories and the last year and a half of media and coverage and, and this doomed feeling of you are halfway dead or it's nothing or <laughs> you're risking everybody or you're a ticking bomb or you maybe are irresponsible person or you don't care about it or you don't believe it and all this thing that comes with it some sort of a shame and shaming it it was very mentally exhausting honestly there's a lot of anxiety that came with it but what i found that happened was that people that i really expected and this is where the issue lies right to be empathic or show compassion people that i thought were one of the closest ones for me to me or to my family were very selfish in their reaction and it really pained me and I didn't know how to deal with it I honestly did not know how to deal with it on one end I felt disappointed and then angry but then at the same time I kind of understood where they're coming from because you know if it doesn't touch you the same way you can't really be the same thing and as my therapist said to me you need to learn how to ask for things that you need or not expect people to read your mind and in a way I think I asked of them subconsciously or even consciously, but never expressed it, to read my mind or read my situation and kind of, you know, connect the dots and understand that this is, this is hard. I, I need their love right now and this is not about them because I would probably expect myself to do that, but we are not each other and I can't do that and I can't blame someone for not understanding my needs if I don't know how to ask or express them to that. So then come, comes this guilt towards myself. Why am I such a victim in this situation? Why do I expect things of others? Why am I angry when they don't come through the way I think they should? Why do I expect people to act the same way that I do? What does it mean about me in the way that I communicate my needs and in the way that I communicate with others or the way that I throw myself at others in their time of need? Is it really healthy? Is it over the top? Is it enough? And, and then I went into this cycle of just blaming myself, which is also not <laughs> equally not as good as, 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 as being a victim. So I, I run through this triangle of a victim, a, a savior, and, and a blamer in the same time 
throughout that whole week. And I sat with it for a long time. And I tried to understand what do expectation mean? I don't believe we can't have any. I think it's almost abnormal, inhumane to not have expectations. I've heard many people say, you should not have expectations of others. And it, it, it kind of does not fit well with me because if we don't have expectation in life, I don't think we can really grow. I don't think we can get better at things. I don't think, I think it, it comes with self-expectations of ourselves, of us as human beings, of us as a community. I think we always have expectations. Like we had expectations that George Floyd's murderer will be found guilty and, and justice will be served. That's an expectation that needs to happen. We have expectations in life, but I guess there's there's a boundary here of where expectations are based in what our personal values are versus the people we're close with. And those are not always the same. And then you beg the question of whether the people we are close with by choice, not blood, for example, should have some sort of similarity in the values. So we share the same type of values and then we automatically complement each other in times of need. I don't know if that's the situation or the truth as well because we say opposite attracts, right? But at the end of the day, we all operate from this, I guess, selfish, not in a bad way, place of what is good to us and for us at the moment. And it makes sense that the first thing we should probably attend to and take care of is ourselves and our needs in our time of need. But then when does and where does empathy, compassion, and giving comes into play? If we always talk about our needs and what we need, when do we step out of ourselves and attend to other people's needs that we care about? And when do we attend to ourselves and ask for help from our place of needing help? I never have answers to these things and I never really know where they lie. I feel like for the most part, in anything that I ponder, I, I kind of have to find some sort of balance. Especially with my expectations of people in my life, whether it's work or friendships or, or love or my children, my, my mother, my, my sister, my brother, my father. There has to be some sort of 
I guess, breathing room, mental, energetic one, of what we expect of other people because it could put a lot of pressure on them, whether they know it or not, if we are constantly disappointed in them. And that's the one thing I take from learning how to ask for help. I think the fear of asking for help is A, to seem like you look weak, incapable, which neither of those are things that I want to be seen, but I can be, very. And then the other thing is the possibility of rejection if you ask for help. And it's funny to me because we're disappointed when we don't ask for it and we don't get it just by being and seeing and, you know, assuming people will know what you need. But then again, we're afraid from the same disappointment disappointment if we ask for it and it's not accepted or rather rejected. So it's quite a, a loaded subject matter and topic because we assume a feeling before it happened and we live through it and then we gather that energy and and live through it and really hurt ourselves in the process rather than just going for it and accepting that there's 50-50% chance of it going one way or another and then only then experience the feeling that comes with it Years ago, I, I, went, I started going to therapy and, and I was fighting the idea of going to therapy for a long time. Today, I'm a huge advocate of it. But I remember when I began therapy, it was about a very, very difficult subject matter and something that I really had a hard time dealing with and making a decision about and processing. And it took me years to get to that point of actually doing something about it or, or dealing with it. And one of the things that my therapist said to me after a long time, I don't know why it took her that long, but she said, Doreen, you come here, you know, every week and we process all of this incredible, you know, understandings and, and, and feelings, but most of them, are related to what will happen in the after when you didn't even approach the the situation the actual doing to know what will happen in the after and she said at one point you'll have to stop grieving aching hurting suffering being angry about what would possibly could possibly happen and actually do it and then process what comes along because you don't know what will happen and you don't know that it's going to be this bad 
and what you're going through right now is so much pain of something that doesn't really yet exist. And she said, and I understand that because most of us do that. We fear the worst and we process the feeling that comes with it. But what we do is we almost like double suffer because we suffer all the way through extremes of making a decision. And then we make the decision. And then obviously when things happen, we suffer through them as well. But it doesn't soften the blow of suffering again. It doesn't prepare you for that feeling. It just amplifies it and, and it takes longer. And sometimes you just have to do and have the tools to process what will happen when it does, when it has context, when it has its volume and values and, and energy attached to it, when you actually know what it measures And fast forward three to four years later, I switched therapist, not because she wasn't good, but because I felt like we've, we've processed enough for a long time and, and I needed something else. I, with her, I kind of like built those tools and with the new person I've, I've met, she kind of moved me into actions and it's probably not just her, but also the place I was in. But I remember when I finally made the move and accepted that it's time, the feelings were painful, hurtful, difficult, depressing, filled with anxiety, heartbreaking. But they didn't last three years. And they didn't feel as harsh and some of the things that I feared the most did not actually manifest themselves. And it was much more possible some ways to deal with the situation than I ever anticipated. And looking back at this, I understand why it is important to act and ask for things or make a move or take the next step rather than fill ourselves with all of the whys, what will, how will, would it, questions and suffering in the process. So I can't change things and go back to a few weeks ago in that closed room in Florida when the sun is outside and there's palm trees, but you can't be outside because you're going to risk other people. And you try to sneak out of the hotel at sunrise when nobody's around. And then you crawl back into your bed when people come out to air and process all these thoughts, I can't change how I felt about certain people in, in that moment when I didn't voice what I needed from them. 
But what I can do now is have a sit a sitting with them and a conversation and communicate from that mindful place of I understand I did not communicate what I needed from you at the time and it made me angry and disappointed and it's not your fault so I'm sorry for that but here is what I needed and why it made me feel this way so if this situation comes again not that you need to read my mind but if I didn't ask encourage me to ask for what I need or ask me what do you need for me And another thing that came out from that week is that while I was processing my own grief and guilt and pain and physical pain, that I did the same thing to someone that I care about and they needed something from me and I wasn't in a place to give it to them, but I didn't even ask them what they need and I just lost it and... I've hurt them in the process. But then when we reconciled and spoke about what transpired, one of the things that I was able to ask from a place of understanding myself was, what do you need from me right now? And how can I support you? Instead of assuming what they needed or what they did not need for me, or how I should operate or not with them. So it was a very big lesson in giving and receiving as much as assuming intent or needs from another person. And in a way, I'm glad that I had this time to process this lesson. I'm almost 42 years old. And I am constantly feeling like I need to be strong and seem strong and find the silver lining in every single situation and laugh through it and use dark humor and sarcasm And not let anyone see me fall apart, but I fall apart. And sometimes I want to be seen falling apart because it's very hard to live up to this self-expectation of always being strong. Or saying that I'm okay when I'm not. So... If anything, I've learned from this is that it's okay not to be okay, like I say to every single person, but it's also okay for me not to be okay. And even though I know how to speak of vulnerability and write of vulnerability, and I am very expressive in my vulnerabilities, I think it always comes with this package of yes you're very vulnerable and sensitive and emotional but you're also very very strong and you can 
conquer anything. And I don't know if I am. And I don't know if I can. And it doesn't even matter. Because at the times when I'm not, I need help. And we should all be able to ask for help. And also remember to give it up when somebody else is in need. And though I started with don't make assumptions and nobody can read your mind. I think that sometimes we need to be extra mindful when a situation arises for somebody we love. And ask, are you okay? And if you're not okay, what do you need from me? I hope this finds you well and healthy. And thank you for listening. And thank you to Ivan Gomez for this music.